0: <laughs> their unity in mission is the last and most important part of this series because if we do not have this part everything we talked about it's in vain uh, i feel like without this missing piece everything crumbles uh, all of our hopes to become the fullness of god that we've been talking about all the good things of god without this message i feel that it's it's meaningless it's a waste All of your hours, all of your blood and sweat and and resources and and time you've poured out into God, if we do not understand this, it's in vain, right? So um, as I was preparing it, it revived me. It kind of woke me up. It's like somebody turned on the light and and all of a sudden, you know, after this pandemic experience and uh, just examining my own faith walk with God, I realized, ah, this is what's missing. So I'm really excited to share with you guys. So far, we've talked about um, these things in the month of January. We are new in Christ, right? That's That's where we start. We, all of us, by the grace of God, we've been given a brand new life. Not just a fixing your old life, not just forgiving you, but a brand new life, right? And that life now calls us to accept others because that reconciliation is for the whole world. Jesus' blood was not just for you. I'm sorry, you're special, but it ain't just for you. It's for the whole world, right? So we have to live in that continual accepting the world. Let the world come, right, as as Rich prayed for the children too. And then we also now speak the truth. We have to most important thing that we talk about and we we do our life together as the Koinonia Fellowship is to talk about the truth of God's grace. If you haven't heard God's grace in your conversations, we're missing out. If the church doesn't talk about the grace of God, we have nothing to offer, right? And then finally, last week, we talked about the importance of our unity of faith. We're gathered here because of our personal experience, experiential knowledge of who Jesus is. Our faith is in Jesus alone, and that's why we gather. That's that's something that we have to rally before. So, all of this for that great mystery that Paul reveals in the scriptures is that Jesus created, gave birth to this church, so that we can be the fullness of God, not a second tier, not just a little bit of like His like Plan B. No, Plan A. The fullness of God's glory dwelling here in this fellowship as we live in these truth of God's grace and His love for us. So, now the thing about this. So last week I talked about the coiny of faith, and what our faith has to rely on. Number one is Jesus' is Lord, discovering Jesus' is Lord and discovering Christ in me. Right. But this faith that we have, right? once it's given to us, that faith can either become true or it can, it can just fade away in our lives. Because faith, as I talked about, is a relation, relational knowledge of God. It's not just memorizing scripture, okay? So when we talk about this faith, the faith that we have, which is the only way we connect with God right now, it's the only thing that makes God real to you is your faith, right? your experiential knowledge of God. The thing about faith and relationship is that every healthy relationship requires work. Is that true? That is true, right? So uh, James 2, 26 expresses this way, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. I am really glad you have faith. But if that faith is not worked out, it's dead. And that's what we're going to talk about. What does faith working out for mean for us, right? It's good that you have faith. It's good that you're a new creation. It's good that you live in the love of God and the grace of God, right? But that faith, your relationship with God, Jesus has to bear fruit. Another verse, Paul says in Philippians 2, 12, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, Not only in my presence, but much more in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. That's the good news, right? God is working in us. He'll never leave us. But what he wants to see is your faith become real. Finally, if you were able to, if somebody asked you, what is Christian faith? And you could give them one verse, give them this verse. What does it mean to be a Christian? You just showed them right here. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision, which is talking about the law, all of the law, it's not about the law anymore, but it is only faith working through love. Can you repeat that with me? Faith working through love. Okay, so I know you guys have faith, but what does it mean to now work it? That's what i want to talk about today. Again, without what I'm going to talk about today, everything you have in God, it's really it's really pity. It's really sad. OK? So here we go. Today, the final sermon, final sermon of this series will share how we can complete our faith and work it out to the fullness, maturity of God. I'm not doubting you guys started in Christ. You guys did. You're born in Christ. You, you received the gift of God. You, you are saved. But how can we go to the fullness of God? OK? So to find the answer, we're going to have to examine the last words of Jesus before he returned to heaven. Today, the words that uh, Rich read for us is the last words of Jesus. Speaking of last words, okay, um, do you know what Terminator said as his last words? Somebody say it. Wrong. That's what I thought. And I researched for a couple hours, and no, this is his last word. <laughs> Okay, um, it, and then I think it was like, hasta la vista. No, no, but he said, I'll be back a lot. And actually, I think like, that's like the only like, line that Arnold Schwarzenegger knows how to say. So in every movie, he says, I'll be back, okay? Okay, or, or, or I'll be right back or something like that. But any last words, so uh, the other guy, the, the one I put up there, Iron Man. Okay, what's his last words? I am Iron Man. And he dies, okay? Really powerful stuff, right? I think Iron Man gets the win on this one. Uh, Any last words you hear from people you care about, it's meaningful, right? You want to be there for someone who's breathing their last and saying, uh," and you want to know what they say, right? So, uh, you know, last words, first of all, Steve Jobs. Supposedly his last words, you know what his last words were? Buy an Apple iPhone. No, he wasn't that. (laughs) Sadly, it was, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I don't know what, wow, but that was his last words, okay? So anyways, I looked, I looked, researched, and I tried to look at some famous last words to inspire you, but all I could find was Iron Man. His, his line was the best, right? But don't use that in your last words, okay? I, I hope I don't, in my last words, Hayel, you know, when he's like, I don't know, 90, and I'm like, you know, 145, whatever, I hope I'm not, I'm not, I don't tell him, Hayel, I am in one, and die. He'd be like, no, dad, don't tell me that. I need to know where you hit the gold, okay? I need something valuable from you, right? Or teach me all all how to do it, how to do life, right? So if you appreciate someone, we would like to be there for them at the last passing moment. And possibly if they say something, we want to hold it on. So, of course, Jesus' last words are the most important, right? That's why I, I reserve for this last final pinnacle of this sermon series of your life to be the last words of Jesus. Here it is, the last words of Jesus, do not leave jerusalem but wait for the gift my father promised which is receiving power through the baptism of the holy spirit be my witnesses in jerusalem and in all judea and samaria and to the ends of the earth that was it so all of the disciples they just experienced they just saw jesus die and then resurrect and for 40 days he was hanging out with them showing them magic tricks like hey look at this i can go through the wall you know and boom like showing him all of the you know the 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 scars and everything but the last words of Jesus is, is, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the power that you'll receive when, G, when the Holy Spirit is given, and then be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. Let me make it a little more concise. Wait. Receive power of the Holy Spirit. Be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Okay? In the last words of Jesus, right, waiting, That represents a surrender, a change of course, right? All of us, before you met Jesus, you were living your life as best as you know. But when you meet Jesus, the master changes. You're no longer the Lord of your life. Now the Lord, and like a waiter at the restaurant, you go to the Lord and say, what would you like, right? That's what a Christian life is. It's like, God, teach me how to live a righteous life. Teach me how to live a life that's meaningful, that's powerful, that counts for something, right? How to change the world. Teach me, right? So that's what we're all doing. We're all here waiting on the Lord, on the word of God, waiting for an opportunity to be with the Lord. And then as you wait, we receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Cool, two slides, okay. And it says, receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Not only are we in that place of with, with God, living with God, left as we are, but we receive something from God, okay? Remember Jesus, when Romans uh, 8, eight sixteen said, if God did not spare his own son for us, how will he not, out of the riches of his grace, provide for us all that we need? There's some serious work that God wants you to do. There's some powerful, amazing things he wants every one of you to accomplish, and he has the power. But, but you have to wait and receive it, right? So the, this power of the Holy Spirit is what we as Christians, in our Christian formation, in our experience, mission trip, uh, training, in the prayer meetings, in our worshiping, in our listening to the scripture, studying Bible study, sharing, in our eating together, all of it trains us about what God wants to equip us in the various gifts, right? 3T, <laughs> you know, presiding. Just, that's like the bare minimum starting, right? But for the rest of your life, he has powers he want to give you to do great works. Here's the final point, though. What for? Why is God training us? Why is God the Lord in our lives? Because he wants you to be a witness to the ends of the earth, okay? This is a word not just for the disciples because everybody was there, but this is a word for all of us, every Christian. This is the last word, just like you remember I am Iron am Man. We have to remember wait receive the power and be my witness to make it a little easier. This is how it is. Wait, receive and be my witness to the ends of the earth. As I mentioned before, faith without works is dead, right? Just experiencing Jesus, just receiving his grace and stopping there, just coming to church, just to receive God. This is really good, right? But just having just maintaining your faith At one point, it's going to die, right? It has to be moved into action, into mission that Jesus has called for us. So in this word, right, the mission that he has given us, yes, is wait and receive, but it's ultimately for the sake of being a witness. Ask your neighbor, are you a witness of Jesus Christ? Go ahead, ask your neighbor. (laughs) Don't be afraid (laughs) and give them an honest answer. You can talk about it right after. Just like even Jesus said, right, about his disciples, the ones he loved. He says, you are my branches. I am divine. But if the branches were connected to me, you are connected to Christ. Praise God. You are saved. You are part of him. You are now the body of God. You are koinonia. But if it doesn't bear, brand, bear fruit, right, what does he do? You prune it. You cut it. And then whatever is cut, you throw it in the fire, Right? It's not just good, oh, God, I'm saved. I'm a new creation. I, I have the grace of God. I know Jesus in an experiential way. Good. Now it's time to bear fruit, right? It's kind of like when Jesus said, when you, the church, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, right? You don't light a bright light and put it under a bowl. Like, did you guys, were you guys awake uh, yesterday when the light went out? Was it island-wide or just here? And it was very dark, right? Try to remember a time when it was dark, right? Who would light a lamp to try to go through somewhere dark and dangerous and then cover it with something? How foolish that is is exactly what happens to us as Christians. We receive the power of God. We receive the grace of God. We're charged up in our faith and then nothing. It's like starting a car and just turning it off. It's like having the world's best car in the world and never experiencing how it moves The garage door is closed. Nobody sees it. Nobody even knows you have it. You talk about it all the time, but like, uh, show me. But you're like, well, come to my house. I'll turn it on for you. No, that's not the fullness of what God has given us, right? It's like going through school for a decade. Imagine you want that degree and you just study for 10 years and you spend like a million dollars in college debt. And then at the end they say, oops, sorry, we don't have a degree for you. How would you feel? That's exactly what it feels like to be a Christian who's connected to Christ, has faith, has the grace of God, has knowledge of God, but does not bear fruit, does not fulfill the last commands of Jesus Christ. It's like being pregnant but not giving birth. There's an interesting passage in Isaiah 26. It says, as a pregnant woman about to give birth, writhes and cries out in her pain, so were we in your presence, Lord. We were with child, we writhed in labor, but we gave birth to wind. What, you farted or something? Like, you were like, Ugh! for 10 hours and then, Shh. where's the baby? It didn't happen. I hope and pray that our Christian life is not like that. We're, we're working so hard to just stay connected, to have faith in God, but then it's like, Shh. all we have to show is just wind. Maybe, so here we go. All of the steps of meeting Jesus Christ, becoming new Christian, learning to be accepting, learning to now speak the truth about his grace, and then enjoying faith relationship with God and having power with God, if it doesn't end in the final part, which is witness to the ends of the earth, you're just like that. You give birth to wind. Your life could have been great, Right? That car would have been really nice. That degree would have been so powerful for you. But at the end, we fail. Surely, we don't want such a life in our lives. Failing despite the blood of Jesus that was given to you, we don't even get to experience what it was for, right? The name of Jesus by which you can have all things, and we found nothing, right? Surely, I don't want that kind of life, right? My, My question to you is this then. Jesus said, wait and receive power, right? But have you, have, you, have you thought about the power of God? Why do we need power, right? What kind of powers do we want? In God, there is limitless power, right? But the question is, why do you want that power? Why do you need that power? The answer is right there. If your goal in life is to receive God and be powerful, and that's it, then he's not going to do it because the reason why he charges you up, the reason why he fires you up is so you can fulfill the final step. It's one, two, three. There is no one, there is no two. Forget one and two if three is not your goal. Does that make sense? If your mindset today as a Christian, as a church, if our hottest desire and priority is not to be a church that's, that's worrying about, that's, 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 that's uh, in pain, in agony about how can I be a witness, how can we be a witness to the ends of the earth, We have been that light under a bowl. Nobody knows he exists. Nobody knows about the power that we have. Think about it this way. These days when we think about power, we hear about the war that's supposed to happen or the rumors of war in Russia and Ukraine. Let's take the gun, for example, as as a symbol of power, right? Because we have to put it into some context. Would I give a fully loaded gun to Haile right now? Who would say yes? Do it with a safety off, just ready to go bang, 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 you know? Pew, 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 he, he likes guns already, you know? But no, the answer is not, absolutely not, right? Of course, right? However, there's gonna come a time, because he's not ready for you know, the action right now, right? But there may be come a time, maybe when he's a US Marine, right? He's gonna need a lot of loaded guns, right? And there will be situations, at least practically speaking, right, on Earth, right, unavoidably, where we have to defeat evil, right? In that time, I'm going to supply him with every gun possible so that he doesn't get shot. He he, he takes away the evil, right? But friends, it's the same with God for us. How, How many of you guys have ever experienced the power of God? Raise your hand. Just any level of power, okay? All right. How many of you guys want more power of God? Okay. Then here's a question. How many of you are frustrated that sometimes it feels like, The power is out. Like heaven just has a power outage. It's just cold Siberia up there. Like nothing is, hello, anybody up there? It's like, where the heck is God? And the thing is, God ain't in a place where there is no desire for us to fulfill the last words of God. Why would God give us power just so we could be like, wow, I feel the power. But just like as a good father, he wants to give a loaded gun when you're ready and when you're willing and you're focused on the final part. The power is not just for you to be amazed about. In fact, I think there has been some mistakes in the body of Christ in the church history where God did pour out a lot of powers. Miracle is a real thing, right? You don't have to be too far away to talk about people who actual miracles happen. Every miracle that happened in the Bible, as Jesus promised, has happened. But where are they now? There was a time when power was given, but it was for power's sake. They forgot the third step. The reason God gives you power on this earth is not to create kingdom of God here. It's not to fix, Jesus even said it. What about the people that you healed? What are gonna ha- what's going to happen to them? They'll say, they're going to die. <laughs> but the reason why God did miracle is to show you guys the sign and be a witness that God is good. If there's people in your life who are not here right now, who are not connected to Christ right now, and they need They cannot believe just by your words only or by your your life only, and they need to have a tangible experience of God, and you're willing to be a witness of God? Do it. Wait, receive the power, and be a witness. And God says, bam, here's the miracle for you. My question to you guys is this. Are we willing to be a witness to Jesus Christ? when we do not have that final piece, right? If the church, all we do is trying to read the Bible, trying to uh, prepare ourselves, sanctify ourselves. If our goal is not to be a witness to the ends of the earth, it's kind of like trying to prepare for a 200-mile road trip and on purpose purchasing only 100 miles worth of gas. Who would do that? You're like, oh, I've waited for this road trip all my life. 200 miles? Okay, I'll just buy 100 miles. That's exactly what a church is like. It's like, why would God give you power if you're not going to use it to be a witness, right? Many of us want power for, for our faith's sake, right? Maybe we're like, oh, I, I just want a little zap, a little zing. I just want to, you know. No, it's you receive the power, all of the miracles of God for the sake of witnessing. If you're missing that part, it's like that. Or it's like this. It's like Super Bowl is coming, right? So you have, it's, it's tied, tied game, right? Just five seconds left, right? And you're at 40 yards. What do you do? You kick it. Right, guys? That's how um, a Tom Brady, who I hoped would, you know, but he didn't because of a kick, field goal, right? But imagine, it's a 40-yard kick, and, and as a kicker with five seconds down, you're saying, hmm, I'm gonna aim for 20 yards. Would you do that? How crazy and absurd would be that, but that's like a Christian life who say, God, I want power, but for what? I don't know, I just wanna feel better. No, 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 you want the power of God, so to the ends of the earth, you can be his witness, his representative, to show the world, as I've been talking about, the church. We exist to, be a, to demonstrate to the community, to the world, the fullness of God. We can do it because it's not our power, but it's the power that the Holy Spirit gives us. That's normal Christianity. Yes, you are Christian. You are already new Christian, but for how long will you make it, right? Will you win this fight of faith till the end or not? Jesus, in fact, spoke about this. He says in Luke 14, he says, "Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down? Like a tower, I mean, like an, like an apartment. Let's say one of you guys was in charge of building and developing a new uh, uh, Kakako uh, condominium, right? Won't you sit down with your advisors and estimate the cost? How much is going to cost? Uh, 40, 40 million, 400 million? Okay, and then and then see if you have enough money to complete it." Yeah, okay, you have 20, you have 30. Okay, let's partner and do it, right? For if you lay the foundation, which is expensive, and then you dig a ground and you make a hoopla about it, and then you're not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you. This is the word of Jesus. Saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish it. How, how, how sad would that be? There's, a, there's that thing happening in um, um, Saudi Arabia. They're trying to build the tallest tower. You heard about it? in their brand new city, which is like 10 times bigger than the current city they have, but it stopped. And they haven't said why, but it's pretty, pretty obvious probably. They're not going to be able to do it. It's impossible. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able to win, able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? Reasonably, right? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. What does it mean by giving up everything? For the sake of what? To be a witness. This is a dying wish of Jesus, that you would be my witness to the ends of the earth. In a little bit, I'm going to tell you what that means, witness to the ends of the earth. But if that is not why you are... Following Christ, you're like that king that is trying to fight 20,000 people with only 10,000. It's like that developer who spends all of his life saving just building the foundation and realizing, oops, I, I don't have money for the windows. If your goal in life is not to be a witness of Christ, if our church, we want to thrive as a church, but if our church's goal at the top, from the top to the bottom, through and through, what we do every day, the reason we broadcast, the reason we prepare worship, the reason we pay, keep this place clean, the reason we have life group, the reason we have fellowship and prayer meeting is not for the sake of the ends of the earth. We're that foolish person. Our lives are a waste. Jesus said it. This is what he says. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, which means the reason it was created, the reason you and I were created was to demonstrate fullness of God. To who? To ourselves? No, a witness, the ends of the earth. If you lose that saltiness, it says, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure, not even the poop you put that kind of thing. It is thrown out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Jesus is being real. He's saying, I'm about to give you all of heaven. I am about to empower you with all the power and the glory I had. Every miracle Jesus promised, if you believe in me, you're going to do greater things. But it's going to take your all. It's going to take your focus on what I want. If all of your gifting, your are in school, your finances, your marriage, your children, your job, your talents, if all of that is not for the sake of to be a witness of Christ the ends of the earth, you're like that saltiness that lost its identity. You're like that Christian that burned and then died. Jesus said this, right? In the last words of Jesus, he says, oh, sorry, oh, I don't have you here. I have it. Where do I have it? Here it is. For whoever wants to save their life. This is Jesus' comparison of talking about this in Matthew. He says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? I want to talk to you guys about what it means, therefore, to in our passage, to be a witness to the ends of the earth. Sorry, I got a little out of order out of there. Let me backtrack, okay? Jesus' last words, according to Matthew 28, right, the same passage we read today, according to Matthew, reads like this. Then Jesus came to them and said, this is right before he took his lift off. okay? He says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, okay? So to be a witness of Christ, It's equal to making disciples of all nations, okay? There's a couple things I want you to understand so you can understand. Because the question, again, is this. Are you living, are we living as a church to be witnesses empowered by the Holy Spirit to the ends of the earth or not? That's the make it or break it question of your faith, of my faith, and our call to be God's fullness, koinonia. If our end is not to be witness to the ends of the earth, which means to make in disciples, we should stop now. There's no point. God's not, God is not here. He's out there being witness, powering where the people are going into darkness, pushing forward, right? Because that's where the battle is. That's where the big guns are needed. Here it is. When Jesus says, therefore, go, many of you guys are asking two questions. Okay, Pastor one. Where is the ends of the earth, right? Or that question, where is the ends of the earth? When Jesus says the ends of the earth, right, you're thinking, oh, my gosh, where is the ends? First of all, it's not the end of the world. It's the ends. And this is what Jesus really wants from us. When he said, therefore, go, he's talking about to the ends of the earth, to all nations. He means as you go. So wherever your life leads you, that's one end of the world where you can be a witness does that make sense if your end is honolulu as long as you're in honolulu in honolulu that is the end of the world where you can be a witness if if maybe that's too far and all you go is kind of like honestly for me like in hawaii i love this life but it's kind of weird now if i go anywhere 10 10 10 minutes from here it's too far anybody with me amen I don't know. It's just like 10 minutes. Like, is like a, it's so scary. I, I don't know how to get there. It's like, I just don't want to go. But friends, that's why God has called billions of people across the world. Your job is to not find. How far can I go? No, no, no. It's as you go. The ends of the world for each one of you is wherever you go. If all you can go to is Sam's Club and Alamona and some of the Korean restaurants and back home, right, your apartment that's the ends of the world. If pandemic forces you to stay just in your neighborhood, just in your house, that's the ends of the earth. But the question is this, will you see the power of God there or not? The fullness of God there or not is your commitment to make that end of the world, your life to be a witness to God in that place. That's really helpful because not all of us have to buy a ticket to all 240, 14 countries in the world. The beauty of the church is that when we come together, we can cover Kapolei, we can cover Eva Beach together, we can cover cover, uh, Kai, we can cover Waikiki, right? I cannot do it, but together we can. Even together, actually, we've been to Philippines, we've been to Mexico, we've been to, I want to take you guys to Dominican Republic, to Cuba with me, okay, one day. Does that make sense? But wherever you go as Christians, if, if you want the power of God and the fullness of God, it has to be God as I go. I'm going to be making a witness. I'm going to transform everyone I know. My, bo- my boss, the person who is an unbeliever, who's an atheist, who hates God, that person, God, I need some power. I need some power to demonstrate the glory of God. So when bad stuff happens all around you, that's God saying, hey, it's time. I'm ready to empower you. I'm ready to pour gas. Are you willing to be my witness? But again, if that's not your goal, everywhere you go, you're just that 100-mile tank trying to do 200, it's not going to happen. Your, your Christian life is not going to flourish. Again, it's, it's a wake-up call for us to for me to realize everything I'm doing, if my end goal is not to be a witness as I go, wherever I go, wherever the end of the world is for me, I am like the king that went to battle where the, the, the loss is 100% guaranteed. Is that how we want our lives to end? Final question. Now that we know where the ends of the earth is, what does it mean to be a witness? In history, well, first of all, you guys all know what to be a witness is. It means to give testimony, right? Another way to understand testimony. It's kind of like when you go to war, and not war, you're at the court, and the defendant and uh, the, uh, the, the, the acute prosecutor, they're fighting, and they say, they bring witness. and say, did you just see this man hit him? And you say, yeah, I did, okay? All right, and you have to swear, right? That's one way to understand, but you know, when it comes to being a witness for Christianity or for religion, It's a little bit more extreme, okay? This word in Greek, uh, it's actually martirio, okay, where we get the word martyr, which for all of us, like, oh, martyr. Because whether it's Muslim or Christian, we know martyr means you die for your faith, right? Martyr wasn't actually a scary word. No one here says my 2022 uh, uh, resolution this year is to be a martyr. Has anyone written that? Because I would like to talk to you after service, if that's true. No, that's a special gift, special calling for the Christianity. It's nothing something you want, because honestly, God doesn't want everyone to die for him. He wants you to live for him too, right? Uh, for example, our church, uh, 1903, we were the first Korean immigrant church. And when we did a mission conference a couple months ago, it was amazing. Every day, they did a, a history of how many martyrs, uh, the missionaries that came to Korea, and they all became martyrs. They died whether it's, uh, uh, because it was such a poor country or like people killed them. And it was amazing, right? Our faith came to you. the Bible came to you because of martyrs. Thank God for the martyrs, people who die for the faith, but not everybody die because otherwise then there 's no more no more right some, some of you guys have to live okay don 't worry. if God wants you to be a martyr he 'll give you the grace for it and i 'll be jealous because there 's no greater reward than that right A lot of pastors are like praying, "Oh, let me be a martyr okay but that, it, was it wasn 't a bad word. it just meant that you are a witness. It means that you are willing to hold on to the point, to the truth, and represent that truth of what you heard and saw of your encounter with something, but you're willing to bear testimony till the end. And the Christians, sadly, right after Jesus left, it wasn't good for them. Uh, Their faith was attacked. If you got baptized, you probably got killed or disowned by your family. So with, with, you know, there, it couldn't. There was no other way to be a witness but to die for your faith, right? In fact, right now in the world, most of the Christians are still dying for their faith, right? We gotta wake up. The world is hostile to Jesus, right? The Antichrist spirit—it it ain't gone. It, it hasn't. It hasn't weakened. It, it's still fighting. There's a fight for us, so we need that big gun, right? We're not babies anymore. We're, we're ready to go to war right now. The war is raging powerfully, right? But here's the thing, that word wasn't a bad word, it just meant that whatever we heard and experienced, the faith that we have experiential knowledge of, of what Jesus did, he died on the cross, he he rose from the dead, and that through faith in Jesus, you can be saved and you can receive eternal life, that witness that we all have, are we willing to hold on to it, even death, right? This is not such a crazy idea, right? All of us who are married, that's what we did, right? We said, till death do us apart, right? we are gonna be witness of our love for each other, even death goes apart. We're all gonna die, but for what is a question in your life? The devil would love for you to be the people who just experience power, but forget that it's to the ends of the earth. It's wherever you go, Walmart or CVS, God is saying, "I I can't wait to express the fullness of my power. It's like Alex and Joseph going for a drink at Starbucks and all of a sudden, everyone in Starbucks gets healed and all of a sudden, they all begin to confess their sin and they start a church there. Now, every Sunday at 9 a.m., they have a service there. Why not? But the question is, my dear brothers Alex and Joseph and myself included, have I forgotten why I need the power of God wherever the ends of the world is? So friends, to be a witness for us, Jesus showed us, right? It's now laying down your life in love. Love is the greatest witness, right? right? Jesus said no other person has a greater love than this, than one that he lays his life down for another, right? To live with such an intensity, God cannot help but have all of heaven, all of his miracle come into your life. The question I ask you and myself is this, do you love the ends of the world? Again, wherever you go, are you loving the city? Are you loving your home? Are you loving your neighbors? And honestly, I would say I don't have enough gas for that. Many times, I needed 200 miles gas. I have only 80 or 60 because I forgot where I'm ultimately heading. And my life, like that branch, is being pruned. So friends, the church that he has called, it's time for us to realize the truth of this statement. You might have heard is the best defense is a good defense okay it doesn't work in every sport okay but this time of war okay george washington was one of the first people to say it it is true just being hunkered down just just being saved and just like being safe and comfortable and, and being encouraged in the church just being just being blessed here in the church that's defense the fight is not here the fight is to the ends of the year as you go you're transforming people your professors your 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 uncles right We have to be people on the offense. The reason I say is this. Believe it or not, you know, um, where did I write that down? Here it is. Light shines best in the darkness. Why, again, the question I asked earlier, why does it feel like God is far away? Why does it feel like God doesn't do anything? How come my faith is so tiny? It's because you're in the light. Jesus never saved us and gave birth to church and said, stay. Stay. And make disciples where you are. No, he says, as you go. The church was never to be a building where you congregate. It was supposed to be a place you you meet and then you go. Even to the point in Acts 8, God saw the Christians like us loving each other so much, selling their home and just loving each other so much. God said, okay, okay, I'm, I'm really happy, but guys, ends of the earth. And he sent the persecution and the church had to split, had to expand. And that's why. The mission happened. So, friends, if you want to see God and the power of God and the glory of God within you in your life, you have to go where the darkness is because then you're like, whoa, I have power. That's the test of faith. Jesus never stayed in one area. He kept on going. And he told his disciples, go. It's okay to have a church building, but it should be made for sending, Right? What's more important that happens through the church life is not that, wow, you made it to church. God bless you. No, no, it's that whatever happens here with the people, our prayer, our dedication, our confession is now as you go forth, you go burning in the light of God. Our church, the United Methodist Church, at one point was the largest denomination in America. Do you know how they did it? They kept truth to Jesus' last words. They were filled with the power of the fire of God, the Holy Spirit, and they went and the reason why UMC right now, try it out. Go to any state in America, even to the boondocks, you know what you're going to find? A United Methodist Church. The reason is because that wasn't the plan. Someone didn't say, oh, let's do it. No, no, they said they just went and preached, and wherever they preached, they made disciples. They were a witness. God did miracles, and they said, let's start worshiping God and became Christ, UMC, blah, blah, blah. But it stopped, right? Today, we just have a shell of what was before. But we don't have to criticize it. We don't have to say the old is bad. No, we just have to continue the legacy that we have. Friends, I want to show you guys a, a couple of verses and then one video that I, I want you to watch because I, when I saw it, I, I, I almost like gasped because I was like, wow, this is the picture of koinonia. Okay, but here's the words. Jesus, and Paul says this, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitted. If your faith for now has been, God, I want you, thank you for dying on the cross because I want to have a good life. If that has been your motto, pity, right? That means you're not going to make it far. You're going to be the car that just only goes 100 miles, right? Because Jesus, this is now where I want to point it out. Jesus says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. It is natural for us to want to save ourselves, but if your goal still is saying, God, I want the power of God so I can save my life the way I like it, you will lose it. But if instead you take the power and you say, God, but for whoever loses their life for, for Jesus Christ will find it. Because they'll realize, wow, I love this life much better than that stressful and worried and fearful and going nowhere in life. I want to go wherever the Holy Spirit leads me, to whoever he leads me, and do whatever The fullness of God. If that is the church that we want to be, there is a great harvest. There is great reward. And there is great life to be lived for as individuals. But if we forget that and we're trying to save ourselves for this world. It says, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in the Father's glory with his angels. And he will reward each person according to what they have done. In another passage in Luke 17, as it's saying the same words. It says, remember Lot's wife. Do you guys remember Lot's wife, right? She was on the way out, right? She was on the way out to salvation, right? She was on the way out to follow Jesus, right? I want to go to the ends of there. And then she turned back and said, but I want my old life too, where I was king, where I was comfortable, where I didn't have to wait on God, where I didn't have to be a witness of Jesus Christ, right? And she turned a to pillar of salt, right? For whoever tries to keep their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life will preserve it. And I tell you, in the end time, when he comes, right, he starts out by saying that for the, for the, for the increase of wickedness, the love of many will grow cold. But I pray that there's a, there's a need for us in this time, especially now that we're alive, all of heaven's looking towards us, all of the legacy and the bloodshed and the sacrifice of Abraham to all the the saints of billions of people in heaven are looking at us and saying, church, if you only knew the power he can give you, but he's waiting for us to say, yes, God, I will be a witness of you to the ends of the earth. When that happens, there is power unlimited. There is faith unlimited in your life you're not afraid to die it says in revelation 12 11 it says they at the end time this is a prophecy this is how we're going to overcome this role it says they over they triumph over him the antichrist and his and his and his antichrist system that's going to for seven years control the entire world it says they over triumph over him by the blood of the lamb which is the grace of god given to all of us right and by the word of their witness their testimony, they still said, no, Jesus is Lord at the face of Antichrist, at the face of, and he says, they did not love, how did they do it? They did not love their life so much as to shrink from death. There has to be a clear understanding in our lives. This life for us on our own in sin is dead. We were dead with Christ. We're dead. There's no more old person who's sinful. The only life I have is to say, Jesus, let's go. Give me everything you got. But it takes waiting it takes you saying dropping it and saying god come holy spirit but not just so i can get a little buzz or a little like you know i believe in all of that i believe in falling down and speaking to all the miracles prophecy there's crazy stuff like have you guys ever experienced prophecy it's like how did you know that it's like it cuts your heart but the point of that is to be like wow but it's to say take that witness and now share it to the world Here is the video I share with you guys and try to think about how this video, you can turn off the light on the stage, how does this video represent what we'll be talking about for us to be the fullness of God in this world?
1: there are tiny dots of slime mold almost everywhere. Most of the time, slime mold just sits around, eating bacteria and making more slime mold. But when these single-celled organisms run out of food, something weird happens. waves of restless energy ripple through the swarm. They join themselves together into a new creature. Many cells become one body. And then when the pressure finally gets too much, they move. There's sacrifice involved. The long thin stems are created by cells dying. But they give the others a chance to survive by being carried away to pastures new when something brushes against them. Individually, these guys are literally brainless. But together, They're smart.
0: Amen. First of all, turn to your neighbor and say, don't worry, you're not a slime mold, okay? But it's kind of like slime mold, guys, honestly, seriously, you know? Why did God create slime mold, which is everywhere, right? And even slime mold, at the most primitive thing... just to quote what he said, he says, individually, it says here, he says here, most of the time they just sit around eating bacteria and making more slime mold. Just living your life, right? But when times get hard, like the Antichrist is making us suffer, his goal is to destroy the world, right? When crazy stuff starts happening, you're like, hey, wait, 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 what's happening? What's happening? Maybe this is not heaven. Maybe this is not what we're to live for. And they start finding people who want to get out, right, who want to express the kingdom of God that God has come in here and he wants to show it, to demonstrate, to be a witness and they get together and it said, according to his word, they swarm and join together into a new creature. That's the church, right? And then it says, many cells become one body and when the pressures gets too much, they don't stay, they move. The church has always continued, right? It's never been about, wow, how many people can gather? No, no, no. How many of those people now move forward? to build other slime mold, mega whatever, megatron, whatever thing they have, right? To bring more life. And the most last thing is the sacrifice, the long stem of the cell, trying to go into a place where there is life. It was built on dead cells, people who died, right? And, and he's in and Will Smith's final word, individually they're brainless, but together they're smart. I mean, okay, we'll just let that be. But through the death, right? It's true, everyone, all of your faith didn't come to you cheap, right? The grace of God, though it is free, it didn't come to you free in, the tens of, in, in terms of how it got to you. People pay for it, laid down their lives. Aren't you so glad you received it, right? But that legacy must continue or all we are is just a dead branch. Now, therefore, the Lord is inviting us to a place where we can experience a new life. And I must say, like I confess to you guys, I feel like I understand the waiting part. I understand the power of God. It all makes sense, but I was like, what's missing in my life? What, why is it not happening? And the pandemic kind of made it. Pandemic said, just calm down, church. Just, just slow down. Just stay put. Just be quiet. Put a mask on. You know, just shh, listen to what we say, right? Follow our orders, our restrictions, right? And I'm like, no. The church has never let anything but Jesus determine who we are, what we're doing, and where we're going. It's literally, the world's job, again, the world's job, the devil's job is to kill us. Kill every opportunity, every potential we have. But maybe by the power, help of the Holy Spirit, if we can remember, wow, every gift I have, my family, my children, my resources, my find, my, my power, my good looks, all of it is for the sake of being a witness of Jesus to bring life to this world. If that is why you live, you're, you're gonna live the best life that everyone will be like, how did you do it? Because again, not everyone of us is gonna die. Some of us should will be a martyr. Like my friends, uh, uh, my missionary friend in Brazil, who, the mother who passed away recently because of COVID, there you go. She died, right? I, the, the sacrifice that she did, God's not like, oops, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Through her death, something powerful can happen, but her father and her children are alive because they have to now live for God. They have to fulfill the legacy that was coming in. So friends, I want to invite us to a, a time and a moment in our lives where we say as a church, we might not be there yet, right? But we're saying, pastor... Let's reorient everything about my individual life, the reason I live, and the reason we're a church is more than what we know before. What we have is good, but we find to be the mature and the fullness of God. It's gonna take us to wait, receive power of the Holy Spirit, and then as we go, be his witness, which means be his representative. Be like him to the ends of the earth, amen? So praise team, please come forward as we sing. Let's pray together in this time. Today, I'm going to do a couple things as we worship today. Uh, I'm going to have an opportunity, if the Lord leads us, uh, for people to come forward uh, and, and to have a moment when you say, Lord, I have never lived such a life, but I want to follow you. I want to be that witness to the ends of the earth, that where my, wherever my end may be, who knows, my end may be Las Vegas, my end may be Texas. Lord, but the people I influence, they're going to go to the ends of the earth, to South Africa, to South America, to Russia, to, to, to the Congo, to Europe, to wherever the spirit blows. And the power of God will destroy the power of Satan. Jesus created, made a promise. Jesus made a promise to Eve. God made a promise to Eve said that through your offspring, you will crush the head of Satan. And Paul reminds us in Romans 16, 19, and the God of peace will soon crush Satan under whose feet? Under your feet, church. That's our true identity. We need the power of God for this mission. So let's just sing this song together in faith. And we'll come back.